0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg.
1: So if you think about it, God had the throttle on their whole existence through that desert. And at night, when that pillar of fire was there, it it just stood stationary until he wanted them to move. And why did he want them to move? Because there were things that they had no clue about, enemies around them that they had no idea about. And God's saying, you know what? Now is the time to move. And he would move, and all they had to do was simple obedience and follow him. Right? But he knew their heart, and that's why it took 40 years. He couldn't give them the promise That he wanted to give them while they were still in this attitude of unbelief and rebellion.
0: Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, by expressing how important it is to obey God. The repeating of these truths to the nation of Israel in this book makes it clear the relevance of following the Lord and obeying His word. His warnings to them apply to us as New Testament believers. God kept the nation of Israel in the desert for 40 years because of their unbelief and rebellion, and we don't want to make the same mistakes. We should always obey God and leave the consequences to Him. Let's listen to Pastor Rob with today's message.
1: And throughout the scripture, you know, uh, in Ecclesiastes, God has to tell us to, to listen, to hear, to listen. In Ecclesiastes, we had this uh, verse this last Sunday, chapter 5, verse 2. It says, Do not be rash with your mouth, and let let not your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. So, in other words, let my words be few, but be listening a lot more. That's why it says in James, So then, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. We listen twice as much as we hear. And sometimes I have to hear things over and over and over again before I finally submit to them, before I finally obey the Lord. It's like that with kids too, isn't it? For those of you who have children, you tell your kids over and over again, pick up your room, do this, do that, and it's the same thing over and over again. And what a joy it is for a parent to see a child somewhere along the line, they really get it, and they finally say, you know what? I'm going to do it. And you don't have to ask them. (laughs) that's a really good time. That's a really good thing when that happens. In Romans chapter 10, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this hearing that God wants them to hear this again, this, this, he wants to retell the, the events of, of the exodus and, and in numbers. He wants to retell those things, to prepare them do you remember when this happened, and what was the result of that, and what did you learn? Well, this is what God wanted you to learn, and do you remember what happened? Do you remember the the, the horrible consequence that came about? God doesn't want you to go through that horrible consequence, but you have to obey the first time and so he 's teaching them obedience, and he 's showing them from their ancestors this is what not to do. Your forefathers did this, and this is what happened. And it's always good for us to be aware of these things. Again, I love that verse. If we, uh, where is it? Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. It's so true. And the key verses in this whole book of Deuteronomy are these. It's in chapter 6. It says in verse 1, it says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. And again, remember, he's speaking to a new generation that's been born out in the, in the, in the wilderness as they were wandering around. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. Everyone else has died off, as God had told them. They are going to die off, and he's going to wait until they do. And when they're ready, he's going to, now they're right at the edge of the promised land. They're about ready to cross the, 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 the Jordan River into Jericho and to go after Jericho. And they're there. And Moses is telling them, rehearsing for them again, these things. He said, these are the, now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess that you may fear the Lord your God and to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Notice that. Obedience prolongs life. Disobedience shortens life. Later on, he would say, I put before you death and life. And he says, choose life. Choose life. You choose life, you choose obedience. But verse 3 is the, is the capstone really. He says, therefore, hear, O Israel. That word here is the word Shema in the uh, Hebrew. It's the word or Shema Israel, the, the, the Shema temple here locally in Brighton. That's, it's named after this word, hear. It means to hear with the intention of doing something. Not just to hear it and let it go in one ear or not the other, but to hear with the intent of doing something about it. So he says, Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here it is, verse 4 again. Hear, O Israel, Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's why the Jews today have that little Have You ever seen one of those? It's a little box about that big. And it's a little thin thing, and they, some the Jews will tap it up on their, on their doorposts, and they'll put this verse that we just read, they'll stick it in there. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder. And see, the reminder is so that none of us will forget, because no one will be able to stand before the Lord on Judgment Day and say, Lord, I didn't know. You didn't tell me. The Lord's going to say, I, I told you. I told you several times you know, and what a shame that we can't learn, that we don't listen, isn't it? It's a shame. I want to be more obedient as a child of God. I want to hear the first time and do, and you know, as a Christian, I'm becoming more desiring that. Even when it's against my will, something I don't want to do, and I know it's the Lord's will to do it, and I'm fighting against it, and you just, you push through it anyway, and you be obedient, and the results are remarkable. Your flesh may not like it, but God is in charge of the results. And you may not understand why, but later on you might. There's been times in my life where I've, you know, done certain things and the Lord has encouraged me to to walk up to a total stranger and, and, uh, and just say, you know what, Jesus just wanted me to tell you that he loves you. And that's all I'm supposed to say. And you know how hard that was to tell a cashier at Wegmans? remember one time my daughter and I were in, in Wegmans and this is when she was a little girl and we had her in, the, you know, we did this Friday uh, shopping trip and I was talking to Ari about this and, and uh, there was an African-American woman at the cashier and I'll never forget this and Ariana had heard me say that to some tellers, you know, as she was a little girl, just a little baby and she would hear me say that to the tellers, you know, Jesus loves you, you know. And uh, as you go throughout your day, just remember that Jesus loves you, you know. She'd hear me say that. So one day, she had the chutzpah to speak up, and it totally floored me. So there she is in her, in her little thing, little whatever you call it, carrier. And we get up to the thing, and I was zoned out. I was frazzled, and I was only thinking about the moment. And she comes up, and she looks at the, at the lady, and she goes, Jesus loves you in that little cute, innocent sound of her voice. And this woman... Stopped what she was doing, and she cried. The tears just started coming down her face, and I looked at Ari and I said, "Don't ever forget that." You know, I mean, I told her later, "Don't forget that." But just little things of obedience like that, you know, and, and Ariana did it out of obedience. You know, she did it, and just you know, she did it, and it, it melted this woman's heart. And and there's nothing cooler than having a child tell you, an adult who's been through everything. Going through difficult things, and you have a, the simplicity, the innocency of a child. Just, Jesus loves you. And she cracked like an egg. And it was one of the most beautiful moments I've ever experienced. Just to see this woman genuinely break down, and there's people behind her, behind us, you know, waiting, and they're wondering what's going on, you know. But it's very cool when that happens. But no one will be able to stand before the Lord and say, You didn't tell me, I didn't hear. There are other scriptures that speak to Israel's rebellion, and we're just going to look at a couple of them. Because as we look into the Old Testament and the Psalms, and we're going to look into Hebrews, we see the result of why uh, of why this is so necessary. And did it really do the by telling by Moses telling them this information and and reviewing this history with them? In the end, did it really result in them being completely obedient? for a while when we get into Joshua it says all the days of Joshua while he was alive he brought them in everything was going kind of smoothly until Moses or until Joshua died and then there arose a generation that didn't know God they were kind of just riding on the coattails of Joshua and then there came a time where they had to kind of be on their own two feet and all of a sudden they're looking around hey the governor's dead they had a great respect for Moses because he was in proximity to, to Moses so Joshua, he's dead. We can do whatever we want now. We don't have the old man looking at us, right? And that's where they fell. And that's where the book of Judges comes in, where they're just up and down, obedience and then uh, uh, disobedience, and God raises up a deliverer or a judge, and then, they, then they, they soar to great heights, and then they fall back into idolatry again. And their whole life for 400 and some years is just like this. Until Samuel, until David... course, they still didn't learn their lesson, and that's why northern Israel had to go into captivity. That's why the southern two tribes had to go into captivity, because of their idolatry. They didn't learn the lesson. But in Psalm 95, verse 7, it says this, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, and here David is speaking about this Exodus wandering experience. In verse 8 he says, "Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness." And he's speaking of the children of Israel when they tempted God in the wilderness. "When your fathers, verse 9, tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work." And he's speaking in the first person as if God is speaking. "They tried me and they, when they saw my work, they saw me do the miracles." It proves that miracles don't really provide faith, do they? If somebody says, "I need to see before I believe," You can show them, and chances are they're still not going to believe. Because think of all those people who saw the miracles during Jesus' three and a half years uh, of his ministry. Did he have a great following as he hung on the cross? Everybody deserted him, every single one of them. He says, when your fathers tried me, though they saw my work, for 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. The rest that God wanted to give them, he could not give them because of their unbelief. And in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, we're going to read 7 through 19 because it really sets us up for us getting into this. So Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, "...therefore, as the Holy Spirit says," and here again he quotes from, the, from Psalms, "...today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day in the trial of, in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways." So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. In verse 12, he says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. And that's for you and I, too. That exhortation is for us today, too. And even more so, because we live in a world that is filled with corruption. Even in the church, there's so much corruption. In our own hearts, if we're not careful, the things that we watch, the things that we see, the things that we take in through all these gates, are you careful? He says... Beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you should be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's what it does. It's deceitful. And for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And so here is the reason, as they are about to go into the promised land again, God repeats himself, again, accountable, making them accountable to teach them, to exhort them, to plead with them. Do not fall into the same path as your forefathers. So let's get right into Deuteronomy. It says, These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel on this side of the Jordan. Now, when you think of this side of the Jordan, if you could look up on the screen, this is kind of weird. This has always kind of puzzled me, but... um, But this side of Jordan, everybody knows the Jordan River is right here, right? Because here is the the Sea of Galilee, and right down in the middle of it is the Jordan River, and there's the Dead Sea, the northern part, and then the southern part. So this side of is always on the eastern side. Okay, So when he says this side of Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain opposite Suf, between Paran, Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab, And I love what he says in verse 2. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now look at this. Down here is, oops, wrong, uh, wrong button. Right down here is where we believe Mount Horeb is, Mount Sinai, it's the same mountain, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, it's the same thing. So right here, from here up along the coast here to Kadesh Barnea, which is right there, about 11 days. And yet it took them 40 years. 11 days. It could have taken them two weeks finally to finally get into the promised land. And was it God's fault? Now, the thing that puzzles me is as you read Exodus and you remember the cloud that was guiding them through the day, there's a point in 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 Exodus where it says when the cloud rose and it started to move, they would start packing up the temple or packing up the tabernacle, all that stuff, and they would, be, they would go and they'd follow the cloud, and it would lead them where they were to go next. So if you think about it, God had the throttle on their whole existence through that desert. And at night, when that pillar of fire was there, it, was, it just stood stationary until he wanted them to move. And why did he want them to move? Because there were things that they had no clue about. Enemies around them that they had no idea about. And God's saying, you know what? Now is the time to move. And he would move. And all they had to do was simple obedience and follow him. Right? But he knew their heart. And that's why it took 40 years. He couldn't give them the promise that he wanted to give them while they were still in this attitude of unbelief and rebellion. God wanted to make sure that they were ready for it. It's about 150 miles between these two points that we just showed you on the screen. And it should have only taken them about two weeks after leaving Egypt to get into the promised land. So they needed preparation. I love what it says in James chapter 1, verse 17. We looked at it last Sunday. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and come down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. A gift that God wants to give. Remember we talked about it a couple Sundays ago. My daughter asked me, Daddy, if I asked the Lord to give me a 400-pound chocolate bar, would he give it to me? And I'm like, yes, your mother would love that, because she would she'd be gnawing on it just like you. No, he wouldn't. He couldn't give it to her because he knew that she would just indulge in it and get sick. See, that's, it's not a good and perfect gift then, is it? Because God knows my heart. If he gives me something I'm lusting after and I consume it on my own lust, what does that accomplish? Nothing. Nothing. It's a temptation, and the, the promised land would have been a temptation for them had God not tempered them like fire, like silver in a furnace for that 40 years. They had to be purified. They had to be, they had to, the heat had to turn up for all that dross to come to the surface, and God could skim it off the top and says, you know, you're not quite ready. You've got so much anger, so much rebellion in your heart, and I'm going to allow circumstances that are going to provoke you I'm going to allow it. I'm just going let to let your flesh do it because I'm not going to intervene until you're ready, and I'm going to woo you until then. I'm going to be trying to draw you close to me, right? And isn't that what God wants to do? He wants to draw us close to him, and yet we resist him sometimes. And he's like, I've got to turn up the heat a little bit. It's going to hurt a little bit, but in the end, you're going to go into the promised land, and when I give you that good and perfect gift, you're going to be ready for it, and it's not going to be a temptation. It's going to be the greatest blessing. That's why for those of you who are um, courting or or about to get married, stay pure until the day of your marriage. It's a good and perfect gift that God wants to give you when you walk on that. And and I've seen it uh, here more than a couple times. And it's a really sweet thing when both of these young people walk down and they're both virgins and they've only held hands, maybe pecked each other on the lip once or twice, but they've kept it, you know, quick and short and, you know, But you know what I'm saying? And the blessing, the blessing of being able to go into that day knowing that they've been pure before God. I tell you what, there's no greater thing to witness as a church when two young people are doing that. It is so wonderful. And it's a good and it's a perfect gift. The promised land was a good and perfect gift, but it needed time. They needed time. God knew it. And so he was the governor, he was the one with the accelerator and the brake, and he was going, now I want you to move. There's something you don't understand, but just trust me, follow me, and go. And then they would go, and then he would then he had to put on the brakes and say, what's, what's all this noise down here? What are you guys doing? Why are you doing this with Moses? Why are you acting like you're something? And I put Moses in charge, and he's my man, and why are you rebelling against him? We've got to deal with that right now, because it's not going to get any better once you get comfortable in the promised land. We've got to deal with this out here now. Do you ever feel like you're in the wilderness and God's dealing with you about something? We've all been in the wilderness. We don't like the wilderness. It's not comfortable. But God uses the wilderness to speak peaceably to us because he loves us. He wants to get you out there to speak peaceably to you, not to hurt you, not to harm you. See they were responsible for their actions. They could have this whole thing could have been so much different. Just like in Jeremiah, this whole thing could have been so much different. They could have just listened. Zedekiah could have just listened to Jeremiah. That God had given him the word just you guys stay put, don't leave. Everything will be fine. If you rebel, you're going to lose everything. But they would not. The tragedy of every human being. <laughs> we just we don't listen. So how important is it to hear, O Israel? Hear with the sense of doing. Hear, O church, what God, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 3, it says, Now it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. Now it's interesting, this is one of the first, the first time we see in this book anyway, where we have a time reference. And I want you to, to look at that there in verse 3, it says, on the first day of the, I'm sorry, in the 40th year, they're coming to an end. The 40th year, the 11th month, the 11th month on the first day of the month. Turn with me now to Numbers chapter 33. I want you to show you something. Numbers 33, we're going to look at verse 38. And this is another place. There there are a couple other time references in here, but I want you to get the, the feel of how close of proximity it is. Aaron prior to going into, uh, before Moses and, uh, was going to lead them, or was going to share with them, you know, sharing with them the, the book of Deuteronomy. Before that, in verse 38, let me just read it to you. It says, Then Aaron the priest went up to Mount Hor at the command of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. So it's the 40th year, the fifth month on the first day. So what does that mean? It means from this moment when Aaron died, he died on this mountain right here, right up here where that little red dot is up there.
0: Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. This has been Truth in Christ.